In 2018, the Taiwanese government established a Transitional Justice Commission (TJC) to examine illegal acts committed during the period of white terror and to provide victims with compensation. Truth and reconciliation is not only important in the pursuit of justice, but also for understanding the history of Taiwan. Today, we will talk with Agnes Shao about why transitional justice is vital in Taiwan's nation building and future steps following the TJC's dissolution in 2022. So, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Taiwan Salon, the Global Taiwan Institute's cultural policy and soft power podcast. My name is Adrian Wu, the host of Taiwan Salon and a research assistant at GTI. Today, we are joined by Agnes Lingu Shao, who formerly worked as Chief of Staff of Policy Planning and Implementation in the Mayor's Office in Taipei City. Since leaving her position in 2022, she writes columns on social and cultural topics and is also a member of the International Association for Reconciliation Studies. In the process of obtaining a PhD in social science from the University of Cambridge, she conducted interviews with victims of white terror and realized that the dominant victimhood narrative, which still dominates transitional justice discourse in Taiwan today, is not the whole story. Agnes, thank you so much for joining us today. To begin, could you give us an overview of the government's approach to transitional justice and the different initiatives it has established? What were some of the main goals that the government is trying to achieve through transitional justice? When it comes to transitional justice in Taiwan, it's not a very, uh, it's not a new topic uh, for the past two decades in Taiwan. So we we all know that uh, Taiwan had been um, a battlefield of the civil war since uh, the 1949 after the KMT raging. Uh, retreat to, to Taiwan in that year. And since then, we have been through like 43, 40, nearly four decades of the, the martial law period on this island. And we all know that that was the white terror. We all know uh, the period was known as white terror. But somehow prior to the white terror, we all know that that um, uh, in 1947, uh, the incident, the brutal incident happened on the February 28th, as we all know in Chinese that we all say, uh, the February 28th incident. And prior to that, Taiwan was under the colonial period under the Great Japan Empire for nearly half a century. If you look back on uh, the past century uh, on this island, the, the, the history of this island, you can you would say that this island has no its own nation, its own uh, independence as a independence aside, but they all uh, they were all colonized or governed uh, in a very brutal way under different governments under different empires for the past century. So uh, transitional justice in Taiwan uh, has been uh, viewed as a process for us to define who we are and what have been through for us and what are we going to secure or to build for our nation if we are going to have our nation or we are having our own nation. So this has been a very salient topic for the Taiwanese society, especially for the academia or in the group uh, in the blue or green campaign like uh, Ming Jingdang or uh, Kuomintang uh, campaign, it has been a salient uh, topic. Um, so I would say that uh, 
to the government currently under uh, led by the Tsai Ing-wen president, we would say that uh, the launch of the Transitional Justice Commission, as we all say, TJC or the Yale Garden Party assets set, are all settled to our launched uh, for uh, to uh, retrieve or or to restore the justice that injustice practices happened under the KMT regime. But somehow you, is, you can tell that Tsai Ing-wen also delivered her ambitions on the, a very far, uh, far past, especially related to uh, our Aboriginal people in Taiwan. So um, I would say that... Um, the traditional justice in Taiwan is mainly for reconciliation. As different political leaders like Li Denghui, our former president, and Chen Shui-bian, and even for Ma ying and now Tsai Ing-wen, the four presidents for the past nearly three decades have all acknowledged the value of reconciliation and the goal of uh, transitional justice is to secure a future of liberty and democracy in Taiwan, whether uh, the name of the nation is ROC or Taiwan or someone, some, somewhere else. So um, you can tell that uh, it's always looking back on the, uh, the injustice and trying to, uh, to settle all the facts, try to find out what really happened and try to secure our current life and to build up a brighter future. Uh, you can see that uh, we have something uh, has been neglected, something has been left out, like the legal process. We would say uh, the aspect of the justice. You can say, you can tell that in other countries such as uh, South Africa or in Germany, they all have their own uh, legal process, whether it's retributive or restorative approaches. But in Taiwan, when we say we suffer, yeah, we now know who, who were the victim and, and we know uh, who were the uh, perpetrator, the leading perpetrator, as TJC has uh, published a list of the 15 people as the leading perpetrator uh, last year in 2022. So we all know who are the victims and who are the perpetrator, and we all know the process. But when it, when you look into how did they happen, especially from the aspect of the Cold War, as I have mentioned in the very beginning of our talk, that the White Terror was a time of a prolonged civil war in uh, under the KMT regime against the so-called PRC or the Chinese Communists. It's not really easy to uh, bring in the idea of the civil war back to the current Taiwanese society. For we all view the past as a time of uh, persecution. The legal process has been very uh, awkward, like uh, a very, very difficult uh, to initiate, to launch. For people tend to find out that uh, uh, the, the PRC, the threat of PRC still existed. The threat of the communist is still the political enemy for the current Taiwan, whether international or in, the, uh, in our local society. So um, people find it's really hard to acknowledge the true identity, I mean the political identity, for those people who once been persecuted by the KMT regime, what if they were really trying to uh, uh, to be insurgent and trying to fight against 
the the KMD regime during that time, and then when they were pro unification or pro left wing, should we acknowledge them still? It's becoming the very difficult question for the current Taiwan society. As we all agree that we are trying to achieve reconciliation, but somehow, if reconciliation has to be based on a full acknowledgement of the past identity of these individuals, whether、uh, they were pro、uh, right wing or left wing or archivists,、uh, they were pro independence or pro unification,、uh, whatever they were. If we have to acknowledge them、uh, in the name of human rights, can we do it for now? Apparently, this remains a question for the Taiwanese society. Thank you so much for giving such a great overview and talking about the political considerations that Taiwan needs to think about as it pursues reparations. And I think that this also connects well to my second question,、um, which is that some have criticized transitional justice efforts as being merely a political tool to strengthen the DPP's legitimacy, while unfairly targeting the KMT. Do you think there's truth to this criticism? If so, how can the DPP pursue reparations more fairly? Well, first of all, I wouldn't say so. I was I wouldn't say that、uh, the DPP government. Has trying to targeting the Kuomintang, even though we all we all know that the launch of、uh, the ill-gotten assets settlement committee, <laughs> the main target of this committee、uh, is the Kuomintang's、uh, property for the past half of century in Taiwan. We all know that, but it was based, but it was based on that the injustice、uh, approachment or injustice assets that. Approached by the KMT regime from、uh, the Taiwanese people, from its citizens during the、uh, during the past past the White Terror. So、uh, the focus shouldn't be the KMT, but should be the deeds of the KMT regime. It has to be clear first. And I would say that I have to emphasize once more that、um, even the even the outbreak of the Uh, February twenty eighth incident, and also the later happened the White Terror in Taiwan, was under the framework of the Cold War. Since then, the pro unification, or we will say that left wing, has been a target as the political enemy uh, to uh, the liberal the, the liberal side, like U.S. and the KMT included. So,、um, if If DPP now they can do more to pursue a reparations more fairly, I would say they have to do more education to its people, to its citizen. As we have to clear, one thing has to be clear that、um, they are they were nearly forty percent of victims during the White Terror were mainlanders, were mainlanders. They are not、uh, local Taiwanese. They were. Uh, they all immigrated to Taiwan after the end of World War Two. Most of the mainlander、uh, were、uh, were immigrated to Taiwan after the end of the war. So you can tell that、um, the target to the KMT regime led by the Jiang Kai-shek and Jiang Jingguo were not only about indigenous people or only about the.、Uh, 
Taiwanese Chinese people, we would say 本省人 ah,、uh, in man in Chinese. Mainlander like 外省人 are、uh, were also the target to the regime. So people tend to neglect it. People tend to see that the white terror as a kind of a 省级 as a kind of a different a、uh, community ah.、Uh, A very limited community target、uh, persecution in Taiwanese history, but somehow this was not true for the KMT regime. If you tend to fight against the government, tend to fight against the authority, you will be viewed as、um, uh, the political enemy, or we、we'll、say the state enemy, a threat to authority. So this has to. Be delivered to the citizens in Taiwan. There was a very huge case named the Li Ma Dou. Li Ma Dou and happened in the early nineteen fifties. The president Tsai,、uh, she she was very brave. I have to say she's very brave. That、uh, she and the TJ she has、um, decided、uh, decided to vindicate the case, which means Li Ma Dou was a really a、uh, typical left wing. Uh, pro PRC in the in the、uh, early nineteen fifties, he was definitely the one that fight against the KMT regime and not standing with the government. But somehow, from the current current perspe- perspective, when we see the PRC still a kind of big threat, and we will see that communism is a, a undesired political stance in Taiwanese society. But somehow. The government tend to vindicate the case. If you notice the case that while President Tsai and、uh, the TJC deliver、uh, deliver the news on the Facebook last summer, and a huge anger was widespread、uh, over the over the online community. Like people tend to tend to、uh, tend to be very angry about.、Uh, Why the government tend to? Why the government decided to vindicate such kind of political stances? A victim? Are they really victim? Are they qualified victims? A question of qualified victim emerged during the、uh, discussion and、uh, the debate. So this becomes the focus of if the DPP really wants to pursue reparation more fairly and really wants to.、Um, Get rid of any kinds of、uh, accusation of uh, TJ. Uh, the transitional justice has become a tool, a political tool to the government or to different、uh, to different political stances, a group. Then they have to do more education and try to build up why we need to do TJ, transitional justice, in the time of this really disputive era in Taiwan. It's not about to vindicate the current political enemy. It's not about to acknowledge the current PRC. It's all about to embrace different past. If you can embrace the different past and to recognize the injustice has really happened to different kinds of、uh, political stances and different kinds of people under the regime, then you. Only you can do that. You can um, to um, pursue a future that can be shared by the whole society. To share, to spell it out, to be listened, to be heard, and only by that the consensus can be developed, can be built up.
Without any consensus of our own past, we will always feel insecure of our current state, and even that along the future、uh, of this society. You kind of touched on how Taiwan has these different identities,、um, ethnic, civic, and national. So, in constructing a Taiwanese identity that brings all these different perspectives together,、uh, do you think that this helps Taiwanese people project a more cohesive image of Taiwan to the international community, or is it more focused around constructing an identity for the domestic community? Well, I think it happened all together at one time. Like you know, that addressing the past is always a good measure, a very important measure for a society to reflect on the value of democracy. Because democracy is not only about freedom; it's more about liberty, political duty, and also the civic responsibility to secure the society all together for its citizens. So, transitional justice. Sure, there will benefit the perception of Taiwan in the international community. The reason is when we try to, you know, try to deliver our image as a Taiwanese people, we cannot always be say we are nice, we are kind, and we we treat everyone very equally, and we are very happy to join the international community. This is a really part of the emotional and and the sensational part. But the 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 um. The cornerstone of the transitional justice related to our politic,、uh, our international image,、um, uh, globally, is to find out a way that we can be really confident about what we are and what we were, especially about yes, we have been through a very hard time. A time of lots of injustice、uh, did and stories happened, but we have been through it. We overcome it, and we are now、uh, becoming the only one and Mandarin-speaking country in East Asia that enjoy full democracy. Why? Why we? Why we become the only one? Because we are currently the only one dare to look back on our past, even though we are not doing. Uh, perfectly right or not doing a perfectly well, but somehow we are trying and we are on a halfway. That's why our democracy, though it's very new, but it's growing and it has becoming, you know, it has becoming more stronger and stronger rooted in a、uh, Taiwan society. So you can say if you ask people in their、uh, the current young generation, like in、uh, in their twenties. When you ask them, do you know? Can you imagine a life without democracy, a life without freedom, without liberty? They cannot imagine that. They even don't know what what really happened about February twenty eighth. I I would guess so. So you can say you can tell that democracy is is not a a gift that ah、uh, suddenly jump into the society or suddenly fall down from the sky. It's not a gift. From the Li Denghui, or another gift from Ma Yingzhou, another gift from any other uh, political uh, leader. It's a it's a treasure that grow up among these people, including different kinds of political insurgents, 
in the past during the white era, whether they were pro-unification or whether they were pro-independence or left-wing or right-wing or somewhat, somewhat. Because all these people, they were the, the very consensus among these people during that time, they were trying to spell it out. They were trying to fight against the authority. They would say, this was not, this is not right. The way you govern us is not right. That alone different political stances. The value of the liberty has been rooted in Taiwan since the uh, early 1950, I would say so. So uh, the democratization in Taiwan after the uh, lift of the martial law in 1987 has become a, a time of a time of boom, like a boom of, um, um, how do you say, um, the thoughts, the idea of democracy. What kind of a democratic nation could be for us? What kind of nation we can build up? So this has become the main goal for different kinds of community, whether they, are, they, they have different uh, civic uh, identity or ethnic identity, even national identity. They all agree that we won't want back to live back to the authoritarian time. We would like to secure our time of democracy. So the transitional justice is a very good measure and very fundamental measure for us to reflect on what kinds of value has been rooted in our life and has grown up and has to be secure. If we, if we can do more uh, in the international community, I would say to talk more about what we are with other with other nations and to talk about what we have been through with different kinds of international community. That would be helpful. I think that would be helpful for us to look back on our past in Taiwan because we we are in a kind of a dilemma of the memory in in Taiwan for now like as I said before um different kinds of political stances found difficulties to communicate and to open up a room to to sit down and to discuss what kinds of past that we have shared. We we can share and we have lived to all together, but we tend to deny it or tend to neglect it. So I would say maybe a, a, a strength or a force from international community uh, would be helpful for us to open up a room for our local people and to have more exchange about our different perspective of the past. I think what you said about democracy being a treasure that needs to be nurtured is really true. And it's great that Taiwanese people seem to be aware of that and you know that this is something that is very important to Taiwan. Um, so following the dissolution of the TJC in 2022, what do you think some of the next steps should be now that we're looking from the past and trying to look at how to apply it to the future, what are the next steps for the future and the TJC? This is a very huge question. You can tell that even TJC has done many things. They have quite good achievements about like they have reviewed almost 100,000 archives to deliver a huge, a very delicate report on the context of victimhood. But how many people have read that? 
the report from、uh, TJC published last summer has not seen its influence in its civic society in Taiwan among citizens in Taiwan, such as they did a published a list of the leading perpetrator during that time under the KMT regime. How many people have read it? Do Taiwanese people, most of Taiwanese people, know the name? Are they aware of the TJC has start has embarked on the so-called legal process, a very in at the very very initial stage of the legal process? So I think the very first task for us to do, or for the co- cooperation between the academia, the government. And the citizens is the first is education. Education means not only about the teaching our history in the schools or outside the school. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about how to make this report, how to make these materials be read by different、uh, communities in Taiwan, and to broadcast among Taiwanese society. Among different kinds of people, I think that's the main task for us for now. And it's quite, it's very difficult. It's very challenging, as you can tell. That every year, when it comes to February twenty eighth, we commemorate it, and we and we will say, yes, bad things happen, and we are going to, we have been through it, and we are going to secure our future. Yes, everything. Was everything works on smoothly among our agreement of、uh, we are going to pursue a future of democracy and reconciliation, but somehow the citizens still find difficulties to reach out all、uh, different kinds of perspective of the past, or they 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 didn't know how to approach all these materials. Uh, so I think the government needs to be more active, instead of only post the things online, only publish the publish all these reports as their achievement. They have to work more aggressive, more active, like really proactive. Try to you know knock people's door and try to tell them, do you know what really happened? Do you know why this is important to you? Do you know、uh, your past? Your life is based on your past, and what kinds of past that you have been through? Have you aware that that's become a part of the 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 things the the project that we need to、uh, work on very hard for now? And the second thing is acknowledgement and healing, because we can see that uh, uh, in current Taiwanese society. Some political stances remain stigmatized. People tend to, you know, feel、uh, difficulties to differentiate the so-called pro-communist in the 1950s and the pro-communist in in present-day Taiwan. They tend to, you know, mix it. Like they are all the same. They all support the PRC. Come on, PRC has never changed. So、oh, they all support the same nation. They all support the same authority. No, this is not really true because from at that moment in 1950s, 
the reason that the people tend to find it alternative instead instead of supporting the KMT has become a main mission for the intellectuals during that time. And for those intellectuals, they found a communist or the so-called socialism could be a could be a solution. Possibly, it could be a solution for them. They are trying to do it. They are trying to see what really happened. They are trying to find out is it is this is really a way to get rid of any kinds of the you know the authoritarian governance in Taiwan. But but for now, for 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 the current society in Taiwan, people you know people find difficulties to get to know more about the. The context of why these, why there were so many uh the so-called intellectuals or the leading roles in Taiwanese society tend to choose or tend to pursue socialism in the early nineteen、uh, forties until the、uh, late nineteen fifties. So acknowledgement and the healing about uh the families and the bereavement ones and the still living. Victims under the White Terror would be another core mission for the current government and the citizens in Taiwan because the victims themselves are they are in their early until late nineties, so you can only、uh, see very few survivors of the White Terror currently in Taiwan. Memory cannot last over three generations, so if we really want to、uh, acknowledge. Our past acknowledged the injustice shouldn't happen in that way. For the past century, we have to hurry up. Otherwise, memory would die, and without memory, we will never have a chance to secure a really, a really solid consensus of our past. And this, and the third part, I would say, justice. The way we. We、uh, conduct justice still needs to be discussed. I think it still needs to be discussed whether we are going to do retributive way or restorative approach.、Uh, this remains a question mark.、Uh, I think not only in the citizens in the, among the citizens in Taiwan, but also to the government、uh, in Taiwan. Apparently, we have now a very delicate report and delicate research about the past, the political archives, and also we have conduct commemoration of the White Terror and the so-called、uh, February Twenty-Eight incidents for nearly like three decades in Taiwan, initiated by the citizens, but now uh, uh, operated by both the cooperation、uh, among the. Citizens and citizen sides and the government, but aside from this, apparently the justice remain、uh, unknown, unsure for、uh, the government and Taiwan. Are we going to conduct it, or we are not going to touch it? We are only touching on the truth. Finding out the truth and defining who are the perpetrator and who are the victims, and that's all. Are we what? What kinds of the solution or what kinds of the approach we are going to conduct will be the third、uh, task we are going to、uh, face with. Thank you so much for joining us, Doctor Shao. I really appreciate your expertise on this topic, and I think you shared with us so many great insights. Well, I. 
I'm really happy for you to invite me to join the discussion of uh, this topic, especially uh, especially on uh, during spirit, because we are going to welcome the welcome another commemoration of the February twenty eighth incident. Following the dissolution of the TJC, there is still work to be done, particularly in educating the public and finding a consensus on Taiwanese identity. Thank you so much to Dr. Shaw for joining us and to you, our listeners, for tuning in. This podcast was made possible in part by the Taiwan Academy Spotlight Taiwan Grant. Production assistance is from Adrian Wu and Melin Oliver. Thank you also to our staff and interns for your support in making this episode possible. Intro and background music is by I'm Difficult Wilshire Jicho Shaomu. The Global Taiwan Institute is a 501c3 think tank located in Washington, D.C. If you're interested in learning more about GTI, be sure to check out our website at globaltaiwan.org, where you can find information about our Global Taiwan Brief and our frequent public seminars. You can also listen to more episodes of Taiwan Salon on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts, as well as on our website's podcast page. Thank you for listening, and until next time.